Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Wow, wow, wow. Well, give Jesus a big hand clap. Come on, he's why we're here. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thanks, Chris. Wow. What a great night already, yeah? Praise God. This atmosphere is just like I remembered it last year. Faith filled, electric. You guys took me by surprise last year. I was ready for you this year, but last year you took me by surprise because uh, there is such a spirit of faith in this place. It's amazing. Amazing. It's an honor for us to be to be with you tonight. And I believe that God has something very special for this moment. And we've been uh, all over England the last week or so. We, I was telling uh, Phil that on the way here tonight that we had our conference. Our, we lead a network of churches called O2 Network. We had our leadership, our pastors and leaders conference in January, and since that time, I've not been home more than 100 hours. Uh, I've been to Virginia twice, to Canada, and then England, and, and the reason I know 100 hours is because with the status that I have with American Airlines, I've flown 4 million miles with American Airlines, and when I, when I get ready to fly domestically, there's a window of 100 hours when my upgrades can clear to first class. <laughs> and twice since January 18th, I've landed, turned on my mobile phone, and it said, your upgrade has cleared. So I knew I'm leaving in 100 hours. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a little bit crazy, uh, but I'm glad to be here tonight. For the last uh, 18 years or so, I've been in ministry 31 years, and it's funny, my wife is called Chris also, and her name is spelled K-R-I-S, and this is my spiritual son, Chris, whose name is spelled K-R-I-S. So we lived in England for two years in 2003 and 2004, so we have lots of friends. So, so when I arrived, people kept saying, is Chris with you? And I'm... I can't, I mean, they're meaning Chris, my wife, and, but if I say no, then I say this is Chris. So I said, well, yes, but not like you think, because this is definitely not my wife. He's a great guy, but he ain't my wife. And so, so I'm traveling with a different Chris. It's very confusing. But anyway, and can you see the resemblance between the two of us? He takes after his mother. Hallelujah. 
So for the last 18 years of the 31 years I've been in ministry, we've traveled around the world as sort of a prophetic voice to churches and, and, and networks and, and regions. And so we go away in the autumn time and we pray and the Lord gives us a word. And then the beginning of the year in particular, we've traveled around to the UK now 19 years, I guess, actually, and given that word since January of 2000. So uh, when I come to the UK at the beginning of the year, I deposit that. Now, my disclaimer is I'm not saying this is the word of the Lord. It's not the only thing God's saying, but I believe it is a word from God. And many times when God speaks to one of us, he's speaking to all of us, especially if we're relationally connected because truth is a seed and it was never meant to be artificially inseminated. It was meant to be relationally deposited. And so I believe that, that there's power that happens when you are relationally connected and God then deposits a seed of truth on the inside of you. And so you say, well, I don't know you. I've never met you before in my life. But I have a relationship with Phil. And so you're here out of some kind of relationship with him. And so because we're connected... I believe then that there's some things I'll say tonight that'll be truth that'll deposit in your spirit and awaken the potential of God that's on the inside of you. Is that all right? So I'm just going to unpack that prophecy for you and then we'll pray together. And I believe uh, I'll have some prophetic words over some individuals. It's obviously impossible to give a personal prophecy to everybody in the room individually. But if you'll have ears to hear, I'm going to give everybody a prophetic word tonight. And it's going to come in the next few moments in the prophetic utterance that I give us corporately. So you ready for that? All right. Father... I ask you to open our ears to hear. Why don't you just lay hands on your ears and say, God, open my spiritual ears. Lay hands on your natural ears, but say, God, open my spiritual ears so that I can hear tonight. Why don't you lay hands on your eyes and say, God, open my spiritual eyes so that I can see tonight. And, and then why don't you lay hands on your heart and say, God, expand my spiritual capacity. Open my heart to receive from you tonight in Jesus' name. God, I ask you to to expand me in Jesus name if you agree say amen so as we began to pray last year one of the things that began to come to me was the whole or come to us now we I used to do it just my wife and I now we take our team our sons are part of that team in our local house and and so we went away and we prayed together we just felt like that 2018 there's going to be a supernatural collision I believe there's that atmospheres are going to collide in 2018 I believe that systems are clashing in 2018. In 2017, the uh, political systems clashed. But in 2018, I believe spiritual systems are going to clash. I believe that there is going to be a colliding. What happens when something collides? When something collides, one th collide, uh, according to Webster's, is to strike one another or one against the other with forceful impact to come in violent contact as in two cars colliding 
in an ear-splitting crash. What happens when two objects collide? If they are of equal force and of equal speed, they do pretty much equal damage, yeah? But if two objects collide and one object is greater than the other object, the greater object does the impacting and the lesser object gets impacted. Come on. So if heaven and earth are going to collide, can I suggest to you that something's going to change and it ain't going to be heaven. If heaven collides with earth, listen, if a, if a lorry hits a smart car, the smart car comes out looking different than the lorry. If heaven collides with earth, earth changes, heaven doesn't. So what if heaven collided with your finances? Okay, three of you got that. I said, what if heaven had a collision with your bank account? What if heaven had a collision with your body? What if heaven had a collision with cancer? What if heaven had a collision in your marriage? Hallelujah. Something would change. When a collision happens, there's a lot of things that lead up to that collision. But the collision to us happens suddenly. And really, that is the word for 2018. Suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. When heaven and earth collide. So this collision is going to happen suddenly. And I believe 2018 is a year of the suddenlies of God. Heaven is going to break out in the earth suddenly. Now I began to study the word suddenly across the Bible. And I found a stark contrast between Old Testament suddenlies and New Testament suddenlies. Let me give you some Old Testament suddenly. So bless you. In Daniel, it says, Suddenly, King Nebuchadnezzar began eating grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown out like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. That's not a great day. It's a bad day. Proverbs 6, suddenly calamity will come on them. Habakkuk 2, suddenly your creditors will rise up and get you and your children. Isaiah 30, your iniquity will cause your collapse suddenly. Isaiah 47, but evil will come on you which you will not know how to charm away. And disaster will fall on you for which you cannot atone. And destruction about you for which you do not know. It will come on you suddenly. Jeremiah 4, disaster on disaster is proclaimed for the whole land is devastated suddenly. Jeremiah 6, for suddenly the destroyer will come upon us you get the idea. That's just to name a few. These aren't fun suddenlies. But then you get to Luke chapter 2, and suddenly the suddenlies change. You say, what are you talking about? Well, 
In Luke chapter 2, verse 13, there were angels, I mean, there were shepherds in a field, and it says, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Do you understand that that suddenly changes every other suddenly, and the suddenlies in the New Testament look different than the suddenlies in the Old Testament, because in the Old Testament, it was sudden destruction and sudden famine and sudden calamity. But then this suddenly, where Jesus came in heaven, left heaven Jesus left heaven and invaded earth and he collided with earth and from that moment on the angels came to announce that suddenly peace on earth suddenly goodwill towards men suddenly everything changes somebody say suddenly if you just before that if you would have backed up to Luke chapter 1 It doesn't say suddenly, but there was another angel that came to a virgin named Mary and said, you're going to have the Christ child and announced the collision. Said, you're going to give birth to Jesus. That's pre-finished work of the cross, right? So then, watch this, drastic contrast. This Mary that we know, a young, virtuous, young lady, a virgin, pure and holy, gets announced she's going to carry Jesus. Then if you go to Matthew 28, in the Message Bible, it says, After the Sabbath, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene, uh uh-oh, another Mary shows up. Notice the contrast between the two Marys. One Mary, pure, holy, virtuous, virgin. This Mary, woman of ill repute. This Mary was demon-possessed. This Mary had lots of problems. I don't know about you, I can't relate to the first Mary. But I can relate to this Mary. What's the difference in the two suddenlies? One is Old Testament where you had to get there on your own. The other one is New Testament after the finished work of the cross. Jesus comes to a Mary who's all messed up. He comes to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep the vigil at the tomb. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly, the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came from heaven, came right up to where they were standing. He rolled back the stone and he sat on it. Suddenly. Are you starting to see a difference in these suddenlies? See, but watch this. There's a theology that's subtle but destructive that says we're here on earth when they start hearing this kind of a message they're like yes we're here on earth waiting for heaven to invade you say oh that sounds right but stay with me see we believe that that we here on earth many times we believe we're here on earth waiting for heaven to collide, to invade the earth. However, heaven made the first move in Jesus. 
So heaven initiated the first collision through the cross. But then Jesus said, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on as it is in. Then he said, whatsoever you bind on shall be bound in. And whatsoever you loose on shall be loosed in. Are you getting the picture? See, earth is not waiting on heaven to move. Heaven made a move, and now heaven is waiting on earth to move. So I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. I'm not waiting on revival. I'm called to become revival. I'm not waiting on a suddenly. I'm called to be a suddenly. See, we're, we're sitting here waiting on heaven, and heaven's waiting on us. Waiting. Romans chapter 8 says that creation is groaning, waiting, begging for the sons of God to manifest. Hallelujah. It's time for people with heaven in them to sudden re- suddenly release heaven through them. I believe these suddenlies are going to come in three categories. Let me give you those quickly. Three different categories. First of all, I'll give you those and we'll pray together. I'll be out of your way. I'm going to go eat some curry. <laughs> I love British curry. Hallelujah. Number one, I believe we're going to see sudden revelation. Sudden revelation. I believe there's going to be an outer revealing as well as an inner revealing. You say, what do you mean? An outer revealing being angelic visitation. I believe angelic activity is increasing. As a matter of fact, tonight the Lord showed me that there's going to be an open heaven over this place and angels are going to ascend and descend, ascend and descend, ascend and descend. And it's going to be regular that you see angels in this house. However, angels don't show up just to be weird. They come to announce things. They come to bring gifts. Come on. So the shepherds are in a field. The angels come and they announce something's going to happen. Yeah. Saul riding on a donkey in Acts chapter 9 verse 3. It says that suddenly a light from heaven shone, knocked him off his donkey. And an angel speaks to him, gives him a revelation that ultimately he writes two-thirds of the New Testament. An angel comes to Cornelius that then kicks off a series of events. And Peter has an angelic visitation that gives him a whole paradigm shift that changes everything. Are you here? See, angels don't come just to be weird. They come to announce things and to bring gifts. So they come with an outer revelation to bring an inner revelation that brings an outward transformation. So there's going to be some sudden revelations. Now, I don't think many people are riding donkeys in Cambridge. 
However, maybe you're going to be riding your bicycles because from what I hear, there's more of that than anywhere else in the UK. There's bicycles everywhere in Cambridge. So maybe you're going to get knocked off your bicycle, not your donkey. But when you start seeing angels, ask them what they're wanting to say. Ask them what gifts they're wanting to bring. I've had people all the time feel, I mean like hundreds of you, when you were preaching, I saw an angel standing behind you. And they usually say it in a very strange voice. And they whisper, an angel. Well, what did the angel say? I don't know. It just was really cool. I want to say, go back and pray and let the angel tell you to tell me something because otherwise you're just weird. Nobody cares. Come on. Somebody say revelation. I believe there's going to be a sudden revelation of purpose. A sudden revelation of God's purpose over your life. Sudden revelation. Number two is sudden restoration. I believe there's going to be some sudden restoration. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, Phil mentioned it earlier. It says there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years and suddenly, somebody say suddenly, she came up from behind and touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was healed. She had had an issue. For 12 years. Her issue was a physical issue. It was a blood issue. It, caught, it, was, it led to a financial issue. So really this woman didn't just have one issue. She had a lot of issues. Everybody in this room has issues. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got issues. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, I know you got issues. I'm telling you, husbands and wives got really into that. I know you got issues. Let me tell you about your issues. Some of you may have had a 10-year issue or a 3-year issue or a a, a sin issue or a a 12-year issue, whatever it is. But what if in 2018 suddenly Jesus restored you from your issues? In Matthew chapter 20, says that suddenly they came upon two blind men sitting alongside the road. When, Jesus, when they heard it was Jesus passing by, they cried out, Master, have mercy on us, son of David. And they were healed. And Luke chapter 13 says that Jesus was teaching in one of the meeting places on the Sabbath. There was a woman present. She was so twisted and so bent over with arthritis that she couldn't even look up when she had been afflicted with this For 18 years, when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you're free. He laid hands on her, and suddenly she was standing up straight and tall and giving glory to God. Listen, you may have had vision issues. You may have had issues that have caused you to be bent over, and you can't even look up. You can't even, you can't even, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, but you've just had arthritis and things that have caused you to just be afflicted. Suddenly, 
What about tonight if you got restored? I could go on and on throughout the New Testament. There's these wonderful suddenlies where people get restored. One more was uh, the man with the withered hand. It's funny, he had two hands, Phil, one withered, one good. Jesus said, stretch out your hand. He didn't say which hand to stretch out. I know this guy was not English. And he didn't go to church. You know why? Because if he had been English, he would have put out his good hand. Because he would have been embarrassed to put out his other hand. He wouldn't want to embarrass Jesus for asking him to stick out his hand. So to be polite, he would have hid his dysfunction and he'd have put his good hand. I know he didn't go to church because in church we don't put forth our dysfunction. We put forth what's functioning. We come to church. How are you? Oh, I'm lovely. Thank you. (laughs) I'm not suggesting we come to church and spit up all over one another. But I am saying, what if we came to church and didn't give God what's working, but we gave Him what's not working? What if we didn't just give Jesus the thing that, that, that is functional, but we gave Him that thing which is dysfunctional? And as we, when He says, stretch out your hand, we don't just give Him the good stuff, we give Him the bad one. And then He restores it. It doesn't say, it's the only time, it didn't say that He healed Him, it said He restored Him. To be restored is to be brought better than your original condition. What if God restored you to a better condition than before you messed up? What was the first one? Sudden what? Revelation. What's the second one? Sudden restoration. I believe there's going to be sudden financial restoration. I believe there's going to be sudden relational restoration. I believe prodigals are coming home in 2018. Sudden revelation, sudden restoration, and finally, sudden release. Sudden release. Acts chapter 2 verse 2 says, And suddenly, somebody say suddenly. There came a shout or a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I believe in 2018 there's going to be a sudden release of power. I'm tired of just talking about power. I want to see a release of power. John Wember, some of you would have remembered John Wember started vineyard churches and He was a member of the music group in the 50s, the Righteous Brothers. And he got born again. He went to his pastor and he said, Pastor, when when do I get to do the stuff? He said, John, what stuff? He said, I want to do the stuff. When I do the stuff? He said, what stuff? He said, the stuff that's in the book. He said, you mean the Bible? And he said, yeah, the stuff. He said, well, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible, John. What stuff are you talking about? He said, you know, the stuff where they healed the sick. And they cast out devils. And they raise the dead. I want to do the stuff. He said, oh, John, we don't do the stuff. 
no, 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 you don't understand. Jesus did the stuff. The apostles did the stuff. And when they died, the stuff stopped. There's no more stuff. The stuff quit. So you're stuffed because there's no stuff. And John said, but I read my Bible and it said, Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do and greater works than I do shall you do. So not only do we get to do the stuff, we get to do the stuff and then we get to do more stuff and greater stuff than he did. And, and I just believe there's some people rising up that say, I want to do the stuff. I want to, I want to see blind eyes open. I want to hear, the, I want to see the de- deaf ears here. I want my shadow to heal people when I put my hand over them that I don't even have to touch them like Peter. And I believe there's some people that are going to see a release of God's power in 2018 and they're going to have the boldness and the audacity to see hospital wards cleared out and cancer healed and AIDS healed and suddenly I believe there's going to be a sudden Release of some things, but also a sudden release from some things. Like prison. In Acts 16, 26, it says, suddenly, somebody say suddenly. There was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. And everyone's chains were loose. How many people? See, there's some folks who felt locked up. You've been in prison to fear. You've been in prison to anxiety. You've been in prison to despair. You've been in prison to debt. You've been all kind, maybe not a physical prison, but maybe it's a physical prison in terms of your body, in prison to sickness, or you've been imprisoned emotionally or in prison spiritually. But Acts 16 says that at the midnight hour, see, midnight's when it's darkest, Paul and Silas begin to pray and praise. Now, I haven't seen that prison, but I've seen another prison Paul was in in Rome. And if this prison was anything like the prison that he was in in Rome, I would not want to be in it, number one, because it was more like a pit than a prison. It's a hole in the ground, chained to a wall. The conditions were disgusting. And if I was in that environment at midnight, I wouldn't be praying and praising. I'd be moaning and complaining. I'm just being honest. I'd probably be moaning and complaining. Come on, are you here? But see, Paul understood something. If you complain, you remain. But if you praise, you're raised. So at the midnight hour, he decided to pray and praise rather than complain and remain. And when he began to praise God, it says that the foundations of the prison shook. What if the very foundations of what's had you in bondage for all these years began to shake? And everyone got set free. 
It says everybody. So somebody may be at midnight. What are you going to do? Will you praise God in your darkest hour in 2018? And I believe if you will, there's going to be a sudden release from some things. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Somebody ought to take 30 seconds and praise God. Somebody, somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought... If you've been going through something, you ought to praise him for a minute. There's a sudden release of purpose. There's a sudden release of destiny. And this says that the prison shook and doors opened. I'm going to prophesy in 2018, this is the year of the open door. Yes. Doors are opening. There's doors opening out of some things, like prison, but there's doors opening into some things. Paul said in Corinthians that there are mega doors opening. And I've come to prophesy there are mega doors opening for people this year. Isaiah says that, behold, I open doors no man can close and I close doors no man can open. Some doors open. I'm prophesying all over this room. Doors are opening. Doors, door, doors are opening. There's open doors. There's open doors. There's open doors. There's doors that have been shut for decades. They're opening. Opening. Shikarabasete. I see, I see doors opening. Plan Stephanie, doors are opening. Doors are opening into some things. They've been shut, they're opening. There's different ways doors open. Locked doors, sometimes you need a key. We were in a church, Virginia, they just got a new building and the executive pastor was taken through this huge building, lots of doors, and he had a wad of keys. And he kept trying a different key in every door. He kept trying, trying, trying. He said, I know I have the right key. I just can't find it. Finally, he found it, and we got into the next area. Keys are strategies, and I'm prophesying to somebody that you've got the key on your ring. You just need the right strategy to unlock the door. So there's some new strategies coming in 2018. Some doors open with keys. Some doors open with codes. Number codes. My house has a number code. Lots of doors in England have these little number codes. And we were in a church the other day and the guy, he couldn't get the code right. He kept trying it. What is that? It's the right sequence. 
Sometimes you're doing the right thing in the wrong order. And God says, just switch it up a little bit. Come on. Remember when they had fished all night? Caught nothing? The door was closed. And Jesus said what? Cast your net on the other side. What was that? He was giving him a code. He's giving him a key. He's giving him a strategy. That makes no sense to the natural mind. Boat's not that big. There's no fish over here. There's probably no fish over there. Come on, Jesus. You build cabinets. We fish. You stick to what you know. Sometimes God will ask you to do something that makes no sense, but when you cast your net on the other side, you get a net breaking, boat sinking harvest. <laughs> some doors need keys, some need co codes, some doors open with retina scans. Used to, when you came into the country as much as I did, they, they would scan your retina. And they had a machine, you would walk up to it and, and the door to, the, to the, the whole nation would open. You could come into England. They didn't ask you any questions, just came in. What is that vision? There's some doors that only open with the right vision. But watch this. My retina won't open your door. My vision won't unlock your door, your vision Unlocks your doors because it's your retina scan. Some doors only open with keys, some with codes, some with vision. Some doors only open when you speak to them. They're voice activated. And when you speak to the door, it opens. There are literally buildings where it, it recognizes your vocal, uh, your vocal cords, the sound of your voice. And you say open and the door unlocks, but it will only recognize your voice. Do you realize tonight that your voice is your address in the spirit? So when you speak, there are certain doors that only open when you speak to them, when you declare some things to them. But there's one more way doors open. When we, when we came, came here, we got out of the car. And we were at the airport and the door was closed to the airport. There's no, there's no handle. There is no keyhole. The doors are just closed. We get our cases out and I look at Chris and I look at Cody I said, Guys, what are we going to do? The doors are closed. They, they, they won't open. They're locked. They're shut. And we just stood there and nothing happened. And finally, this just audacious person walks right past us. And as he did, the doors miraculously opened. It was a suddenly of God. It was a miracle. We looked at each other and I said, Guys, did you see that? And the doors closed again. And I said, what? Uh, oh, no, we missed the window. And we just were standing there. And somebody else walks by. And suddenly, the doors open again. Some of you say, Dwayne, don't be daft. That wasn't a miracle. Those doors are motion activated. 
And I've come to tell somebody tonight that you've been standing at the door of your destiny. You've been standing at the door of God's promise. And you've been waiting for it to open. But God wants you to realize that door only opens when you take a step of faith. That door only opens when you move. Because the door to your destiny is motion activated. So when you step, when you move, don't wait don't hesitate just boldly step towards the door and watch it open somebody say suddenly chaos theory says it this way quantum physics says this watch 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 says there are two universes there's parallel universes and it says that what happens in one universe has an effect in another universe so it has this thing called chaos theory or the butterfly effect and it says that the flapping of a butterfly's wings in Tokyo sets off a chain of events that causes a tornado in Texas. I don't know about butterflies in Tokyo or tornadoes in Texas, but I know this, that there are two universes. One is the unseen realm and one is the seen realm. One is the kingdom of heaven and the other is the kingdom of earth. And I do know this, that one act of obedience in this dimension can have a magnanimous effect in this dimension. So the lifting of the hands in Cambridge, England can set off a series of events that causes a tsunami of God's spirit in another dimension. And I believe that one act of obedience, one praising in this dimension can shake the heavens and the foundation like Paul and Silas in prison. And I believe that one prayer and one act of giving, one act of kindness can set off a chain of events that causes a suddenly to happen in another dimension. Can somebody stand up and give Give God a little bit of praise and flap your butterfly wings. Is there anybody that'll dare to believe God? Dare, listen, clapping your hands and raising your hands and shouting to God can release the spirit. have one more scripture this is a end times verse this is a second coming verse but if you'll lay aside the eschatological implications of this verse and give it prophetic application and hear hear what I'm saying in Mark 13 36 it says in case he Jesus should come suddenly and find you asleep it's possible to sleep through your miracle
it's possible to sleep through your suddenly. I don't want to sleep through my suddenly. I want to seize my suddenly. By faith. How many of you want to seize your suddenly? Not sleep through your suddenly. Now, now watch this. It's not an issue of if suddenlies are going to happen. They're going to happen. They're coming. I'm already getting testimonies. Listen, if you're in here and you're on social media and you don't follow me, follow me. Hooper Dwayne, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And, and when you get your suddenlies, start hashtagging it, suddenly 2018. I'm getting them all over the place. I'm getting emails. People, we, we, within a week of me preaching this, we had somebody get a house that hadn't had a house. We had two people that had been needing jobs for six months. They suddenly got jobs. I had some, I preached this Sunday. And by today, I had somebody telling me they had a suddenly come that something they had been believing for since August. I, I mean, I'm getting them all over the place. Suddenlies are coming. It's not if. It's if you're going to be asleep or awake. So, so when they come, there's people that will sleep. They'll miss them. The person by them will see it. They'll miss it. Then there's others that seize them. But there's one other level. When you don't just see suddenlies, you be a suddenly for somebody else. You become the suddenly of God. You become that miracle they've been praying for. You become God's hands and His feet and His answer to them. So I don't know about you. I'm not going to sleep through my suddenly. I don't want to just seize my suddenly. I want to become the suddenly of God all around me. So if that's you, lift your hands in the air. Let me pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name. Suddenly let these people show up and preach the gospel and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils. Suddenly let them stop human trafficking and suddenly let them feed the poor and suddenly let them be a miracle to somebody. Suddenly let them show the love of God and suddenly let them see people saved and healed and suddenly bring prodigals home. Suddenly... In Jesus' name. Now go flap your butterflies' wings. Just flap your butterflies. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.